0: Our cutoff story this week at number 11. Banks set for biggest job call since 2015 as Morgan Stanley cuts. That means we're in for an interesting start for the year job-wise and that that story wasn't quite good enough to make it into the top 10 as said per you this week. So what stories are at the tops of the tops from your decision inside of our social media? We'll get to them in just a moment here on the weekly wrap-up show from The Conversation Project. And this is TheConversation.com. I'm Jacob Payne with this show. And this is for the show for the week ending January the 3rd, 2020. Happy New Year. Happy New Decade. Happy New Episode of The the weekly wrap-up with jay clippen Payne. i am that guy jay clippen Payne. bring you the weekly wrap-up one more time for the start of a brand new year hopefully the next 52 weeks will be just as good for you as they hopefully will be for me we'll see how they pan out as they go along we'll pan out with very good news updates and because The news updates come from you, essentially. We know they're the best. Now, how does this podcast work? Why does this podcast exist? What's up with the Conversation Project? The Conversation Project is a chance to get what people are really talking about from you guys out there, telling me exactly what's big in conversation and how do we make it happen? Well, let me go ahead and actually answer that question. Every 50 minutes or so inside our social media channels attached to this project, we post a link to a news story and Hopefully, you will get engaged with it. Hopefully, it's something that you may like or something you may hate, something that you really want to talk about. Hopefully, you'll read the story as well, but what we need you to do to get the score is to just engage with the post on whether you do it on Facebook or on Twitter. Like it, love it, hate it, share it, whatever you need to do to engage with it. The more engagement the story gets on social media, the higher the score it gets here in the countdown, and then we'll give you this top 10 in the first segment, the bottom five in the second segment, and so you can see the far contrast what stories are the biggest, and what stories really didn't get much play at all. To make it all happen, to actually play the game, just follow us on social media. We are found on Facebook and Instagram, by the way, at This Is A Conversation. Search for that. Make sure we are set as a default in your feed for Facebook so that we come up in your feed and not just get hidden by other things. And for Twitter, look for TH underscore conversation because... We have a very long name. And as we said, we will post stories all day long, 24 hours a day. So for the people who are international, it's your time zone as well. Uh, Check out what you like and engage with it as best as possible. And we get you to score as compiled a few hours before we compute this actual podcast on Friday. So, yes, it goes from Friday morning to Friday morning ish with the full split of seven and a half days worth of news stories. Sometimes the story will carry over. We will explain that if it does in any case, this week, not so much. So let's go ahead and get into the whole project. Oh, by the way, we will have a link to all the stories we talk about here inside of the podcast at our website, thisisconversation.com Click on a link for this week's podcast, as we said, January 3rd, 2020. And you can email us at inbox at gmail.com for any shenanigans you seem to find here because there are shenanigans. Ocean Agnes here as we kick off the countdown, going to the number one story, or is technically the number 10 story, for this week. And with the year end and year beginning literally in the middle of the week, it's a odd week with the timeline for things going on in the stories, because we'll talk about things essentially that happened last year, even though last year was literally three days ago, and this year... You know, this year is only three days old. Starting off with the story at the number 10 spot right now. This story has what we call a bump of response from the last story. That's it was more responsive by you guys in last story by 1.21 percent. This story headline Disney World's Magic Kingdom turns away guests on New Year's Eve. This was posted on New Year's Eve Tuesday, the 31st of December, by the way. And here is how it read from USA Today. Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom Park began turning away guests on New Year's Eve, the park tweeted Tuesday afternoon. We're experiencing a busy day at the Walt Disney World Resort, said the tweet. Posted at 2.14 p.m. Eastern Time, Magic Kingdom Park is not admitting new guests at this time. The tweet steered visitors towards the Animal kingdom theme park, Epcot, and Hollywood Studios, which currently has several Star Wars-themed experiences. Not everyone will be turned away at the gate, Disney told USA Today, that resort guests and those with annual passes will still be admitted to the Magic Kingdom. Those with complimentary tickets, military tickets, and guests re-entering the park will be admitted as well. New Year's Eve festivities in the Magic Kingdom include a firework display and dance parties. Epcot also has fireworks pl- show planned, also with celebrations at each country's pavilion when the clock starts midnight at its respective nations. Now, you can check out what's going on there as well. Basically, all the parks had something going on for New Year's Eve. Uh, the problem was the Magic Kingdom, which is always the most popular, was a bit overcrowded for people getting there early. So people could not get in after a certain point. All was well. Nothing really Bad happened. Just other fact that it was a busy day and essentially a busy night. New Year's Eve was for basically everywhere. Essentially, really busy for the folks going to Disney World or on that land in or Orla- on that day in Orlando. Sometimes the words fail me because the words fail me. Going to number nine story this week. The headline reads. Russia claims new hypersonic weapon Avangard is ready for war. It was posted on Friday, the 27th of December. So this one lasted quite a bit. A bumpy response from the number 10 story of 7.78%. So the story we see received or the headline we, wrote, we, we posted came from CNBC, which is doing a lot of real news for lack of, of a Non kind words, just regular, just stand up news, not just business news these days. So, we'll read you a little bit from its story on what's going on. The hypersonic weapon is something that's been big in the news for a couple of weeks. This is Putin basically saying, It's ready, y'all watch out. Russia's defense minister on Friday declared a new hypersonic weapon, which is said to be capable of striking the United States ready for war. Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shugu said in a conference call with Russian military leaders that the first missile unit equipped with the Avangard hypersonic glide vehicle entered combat duty. Russia's strategic missile forces chief, General Sergei Kharovyev, say that three times fast, added that Avangard was put on duty with a unit in the Orban region in the southern Ural Mountains. Avangard can travel at least five times the speed of sound or about one mile per second. It was one of the six new weapons that Russian President Vladimir Putin unveiled in March 2018. At the time, the Russian leader claimed the hypersonic weapon was capable of reaching targets at 20 times the speed of sound and that it could strike like a fireball. That's a quote. He also said the device had already entered serial production. One of the six new weapons Putin boasted about, CNBC learned of two of them, avant and an air-launched cruise missile, which would be ready within two years of Putin's announcement. So you can see more about that. and can be fearful of Putin and the Russians or, or not. We heard a lot of talk about weapons and things going off around the new year. They were expecting something for Christmas and maybe New Year's from Kim Jong-un. Uh, that didn't quite happen. Uh, but this is one that sort of did happen. We got the announcement of a new weapon that Russia said is pretty, pretty powerful. And they're pretty much putting us in our sights because they said it can reach from where they are to where we are. We're going to put the blame on this story on the Canadians because we have a lot of hockey popping up lately. Although the hockey stories have been American teams, most of the teams in NHL, oddly enough, are in the United States now. But uh, maybe it's a big hockey crush here in the States, or maybe the Canadians are taking over finally. But they got another story in this week, and it's on hockey number eight this week with the headline, John Tortorelli. Blue Jackets coach rant unacceptable, NHL says. Monday, the 30th of December, this one was posted as well. A bump in response from the number nine story of 3.89%. USA Today, also the source of this one. We get a lot from USA Today and a lot this week from them. Here's what it talked about in the angry coach and the NHL being angry about the angry coach. An angry post-game rant by Columbus Blue Jackets coach John Tortorelli, Tortorelli. Sorry about that. Overclock management late in Sunday night's overtime loss was, quote, unprofessional along with unacceptable, unquote, an NHL official said Monday. Colin Campbell, the NHL's director of hockey operations, also defended a referee's decision to not restore more than one second to the clock that ticked off after a whistle was blown to stop play with 18.1 seconds remaining in the overtime period against the Chicago Blackhawks. Tortorella argued the whistle was blown at 192 a decision not to reset the clock cost his team the game and led to an injury to goalie Junas Korpisela, who left the ice after trying to block a shot in the first round of the subsequent shootout. An apparent goal by the Blue Jackets' Zach Vorinsky at the Horn ending the overtime period seemed to seal a victory against the Blackhawks. Instead, it was waved off after a video replay showed the puck crossed the goal line after time expired. Tortorella reasoned that the goal would have counted if the extra 1.1 second had been restored. So, of course, there was a shootout. The Blackhawks won and Tortorella went nuts. And NHL. a few days later, said, no, this isn't going to happen. Read more about the story at our website. This is the conversation.com. dot com. Click the link for this week's podcast, which is for the week ending January the 3rd, 2020, the very first week of the very first month. Of the new decade, moving on to the next story, which also deals with Orlando and Walt Disney World. This one not so happy, and this one meaning we start off the year with a mention of the suicide prevention hotline. We'll give you the number of that in a moment, but the headline that we're talking about reads like this: Woman jumps from ferryboat at Walt Disney World in Orlando in apparent suicide attempt. Posted Tuesday, the 31st, that's, of course, New Year's Eve, uh, and it had a bump of response from the number eight story of 9.36%. Time Magazine is the source for this. We're going to read the story and then, of course, give you the number and lifeline for or the website for the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Uh, If you are feeling yourself in need, especially as we're still essentially in the holiday times, please, please, please give them a call. A woman jumped from a ferry boat in the Seven Seas Lagoon at Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida, on Monday evening in an apparent suicide attempt, Orange County Sheriff's Office tells Time. The 56-year-old woman received minor injuries and was transported to a local hospital, according to the Sheriff's Office. She was examined to determine if she met the qualifications to be involuntarily institutionalized, the Sheriff's Office added, but did not clarify the results thereof. Walt Disney World officials did not offer further comments in the incident. Onlookers shared on social media that a rescue team saved a woman from the lagoon, a large man-made body of water that took the removal of 7 million cubic yards of earth to construct. The Orlando Sentinel reports the ferry boats are used to transport visitors from the Transportation and Ticket Center to the Magic Kingdom Park. Of course, if you know someone or you yourself are dealing with issues of of just being depressed and contemplating suicide, please, 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 call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. You can also text, this is a new one that I found, the word home to 741741. That reaches the Crisis Text Lifeline. You can contact your local 911, you can contact very local areas, and also there's a Suicide Prevention Lifeline website that can give you uh, help there as well, and that is suicidepreventionlifeline.org. If you are feeling sad, down, depressed, please give someone a call. Reach out to someone because uh, this is not the time. We are now in a brand new year, and 2020, as crazy as may have already started, needs you around for whatever it is, that special gift that you have. We need you here to stick around with us. Next story is sourced from CNBC, and it is business-related, but it also is pretty nutty in its actual context. Let's get you that headline for this story. At number six, ousted Renault Nissan boss, Carlos Ghosn, appears to violate house arrest in Tokyo, reportedly lands in Lebanon. Monday, the 30th of December, today we posted this one with a bumpy response of 24.88% in here. Uh, As we said, CNBC is our source for it. Let's read you a little bit what's going on, Mr. Gossin, and um, just kind of go with the oddity of it all. Carlos Gossin, Nissan's ousted chairman who was awaiting trial on criminal charges in Japan, fled into Lebanon on Monday evening, France's Les Ecos newspaper reported newspaper cited its own unnamed source and a report in Lebanese newspaper Le Ant Le Jour there was no immediate confirmation from official sources whether Golson has struck a deal with prosecutors or fled is unknown The Financial Times also reported that Golson was in Lebanon according to a source close to his family and quote a professional associate unquote Okay, okay. Golson's attorney did not have any immediate comments but a person close to Golson who asked not to be identified, confirmed he was in Beirut on Monday. Japanese broadca- uh, public broadcaster NHK said it spoke to a member of Gosen's defense team and that the lawyer was unaware the former Nissan executive may have left Japan and would confirm would confirm whether it is true. The broadcaster also said prosecutors were not aware Gosen may be outside the country and are seeking confirmation. A spokesman for the Tokyo Prosecutor's Office had no immediate comment to Reuters. And officials at the Lebanese embassy in Tokyo could not be reached for comment. A Nissan spokesman, persman spokesman, whatever, in Tokyo decided, declined to comment. Basically, all to say, nobody wanted to talk about the fact that the guy that was on trial found a way to escape the country in the middle of his trial, or as basically before the trial, before the trial really got started. I'm not sure what that says for the laws in Tokyo and the people keeping an eye on on prisoners or maybe for just high priced people who can pay their way out of a country. But assuming that he didn't have his passports, he was able to escape. And we're still trying to figure out what exactly this all means for this trial, for this issue and just for Tokyo in itself. It's it's just it's just an oddity. It's a weird thing. And it shows that people with power and money can find ways to make things happen, even when you think things are actually finally getting going against them. Let's move on to a very serious story, number five, which actually boosted a story not in the not in the podcast this week because it was so early today or actually so late in the early part of the days. It didn't make the cut, but it's something that we'll be talking about for a few days, if not full few weeks Starting off with this thing here, which is kind of the catalyst, and I'll get deeper into the story as well. The headline coming in for number five this week is this. U.S. Baghdad embassy attacked by protesters angry at airstrikes. BBC is our source for this one here. We posted on Tuesday, the 31st, New Year's Eve, and it got a bump in response, a very big bump in response of 17.58% from the number six story. Now, I'm going to give you the brief rundown of this one because I've give you a brief rundown of what's happened since. So earlier in the week, essentially on the weekend, there were some attacks, uh, airstrikes in Iran that um, that were bringing up protests. I'm sorry, airstrikes in Iraq uh, on some Iranian assets that were bringing up protests in Baghdad, in Iraq, because of what's going on, because the U.S. has sort of pulled itself out of the region. Many other people who are having some issues are looking for other folks to support them, i.e. things that happen in Syria where they're looking for uh, the Russians to help them out there. In Iraq, they're looking towards Iran, who are kind of an ally, an easy ally alliance, and although they'd rather have the U.S. there. If they're not there, Iran's there. And, of course, we have our beef with Iran, and Iraq's trying its best not to become the intermediary between the two or essentially be the warring spot for the two to fight over themselves. So there were some airstrikes because of some things that Iran was doing, and the Iraqis were pretty upset, so upset that that they stormed an embassy. Now, the punchline to this is it wasn't just normal people wandering the streets that stormed the embassy. It was actually a protest that was set up by the forces that are essentially in charge of keeping ISIS out of Iraq. These are the army that we essentially helped set up, but because we're left, they're they're being backed by the Iranians more now. And so they set up a protest backed by Iran, essentially, to um, do some damage to our embassy. And this is one of the largest embassies that we have in the world, what we have, what we're using in Iraq. So... This thing happened, they backed away, they basically said they got the message across, you know, America needs to kind of watch what's going on, slow their roll, and if you're not going to pony up the money and the resources to keep us safe, then we're going to deal with the Iranians and just kind of make it work. Well, today, on the 3rd of of, of January, literally uh, about, um, or technically overnight as it seemed, There was a series of airstrikes via some drones that killed one of the number two generals in Iraq. Well, killed the number two general, killed them in Iraq, but it was a number two Iranian general. And things have been going all sorts of haywire nuts all day long, especially with uh, both the hashtags of World War III being, being trending all the world and Black Twitter going nuts because Black Twitter says we ain't about this. So we're going to find out more about the aftermath of the airstrike that killed the very, very high target that Donald Trump also made sure to say that both Bush and Obama failed to actually take out when they had him in his sights. And we'll see how this thing plays out over time. It's been a crazy day where this has been the breaking news thing all day long. So it's been hard to really dig up any extra things because this is all they've been talking about since about six o'clock my time local when I started watching the news today. This next story is my absolute favorite story of the week. The number four story headline reads like this. Mariah Carey's Twitter account is hacked. The further headline from Hollywood Life, our source for this is, Mariah Carey's Twitter account gets hacked and jokes about Eminem's private parts. Oh, yes, we're going there. As we said, Hollywood Life is the blog, the news site, the place we got this from. Tuesday, the 31st of December. Yes, New Year's Eve. A lot of action going on New Year's Eve. I guess everybody's on their Twitter on that night. And a bumper response from the number five story of 12.96%. Yes, we're going to read some of this. Let's get to it now. What a bizarre way to end 2019. Mariah Carey's Twitter account began acting extremely odd in the afternoon of New Year's Eve when a user appearing to jokingly claim numerous identities and Twitter handles began tweeting from it. Many of those tweets were on the not-safe-for-work side, with one poking fun at her longtime enemy, Eminem, 47, saying he has allegedly small package. Eek! That's from the story. Mariah and Eminem's beef with one another dates back many, many, many years, where both sides have expressed their feelings about one another in the music studio. The Without Me rapper has also gotten into it recently with Mariah's ex-husband, Nick Cannon, 39, after the former dissed him and their marriage on a song called lord above by fat joe 49 on his latest album why everybody wants to know everybody's age is all weird but but basically uh you can go to the link here at our website this is a conversation.com click the link for this week's podcast january the 3rd 2020 is the date that it's for and you'll see all the links for all the stories and you'll see many other tweets That uh, Miss Mariah didn't actually send because her account was hacked. It was one of the more entertaining things happening on New Year's Eve, not including, um, you know, Anderson Cooper getting drunk on TV. But it was something a real sight to see. And I am so glad this story was able to beat its way into the system, making it a number four story for this week. This week led to the closing of a calendar year but the weekend led to a lot of very sad things to happen for the close to start the wrap-up for us let's start off with the number three story that happened on friday we posted on friday and it did happen last friday this story last stayed the test of time for the entire week because it was such a big massive story the original headline missing tour helicopter Kauai, coast guard searching aircraft with seven people on board the "now" headline is "Remains found of six of seven people who were on the tour helicopter that crashed in Hawaii," officials said. The source of this is CNN.com, Friday, the 27th of December Today day we posted, as we've said, this gets a very uh, small but significant bumper response from the number four story, 4.12 percent. A few lines from this story as updated by CNN as of now. The remains of six people on board a tour helicopter that crashed Thursday on the Hawaiian island of Kauau has been found, officials said Friday afternoon. Hawaii Fire Department Battalion Chief Solomon Kono said, It appears that there were no survivors and the search for the seven-person on board has been suspended due to fog. It will resume tomorrow, he said. The identities of the victims have not been released as authorities are still notifying relatives. The debris was found in a remote area of a state park on the island's northwest side, police said in a news release. Kahano said the passengers were from two families, and one family was a group of four. Two passengers were children, officials have said. crash occurred along the usual route that the tour helicopters fly, Kahano said. The helicopter went down about 13 miles north of the city of Hanapipi, the Federal Aviation Administration said. So there's more details of what went down in the crash, per their perspective at the point, and what went down in the actual going on for the investigation. You can read deeper into this by going online and looking for it, or just go into our website, as we said, click the link for this week's podcast, and you can read the story there. Oh, by the way, this may not be one you want to really comment on, but... Any story that we have, anything we're talking about, or anything in general, you can comment to, miss directly uh, via the social media that's there in your liking, loving, hating, sharing, or you can email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. And that way we can discuss that. Even though it's in your email, technically it's offline from the, the podcast discussion. Keep it moving to another very sad thing that happened, learning about this on Sunday. And so while the fight is not over, it's a fight that is going to be a very tough one for this man to take on. Headline is, John Lewis, Georgia lawmaker diagnosed with stage 4 pancreatic cancer. Our source for this is USA Today. Of course, it was everywhere pretty quickly when we got the news. This is the top Facebook story for the week, as you expect. Something on this level was very quickly Disseminated disseminated via that social media platform. He gets a bump response from the number three story with all that was into it of 31.07%. Let me read you a little bit from this story so you can kind of get the sort of gist of what we we're looking at and what we're looking towards for John Lewis. Representative John Lewis, a civil rights icon, has been diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer, according to a press release from his office. Lewis, who represents the 5th Congressional District of Georgia, says in a statement that he plans to continue serving during his treatment. He said the cancer was discovered during tests following a routine medical visit. Here's a quote from Lewis. I have been in some kind of fight for freedom, equality, basic human rights for nearly my entire life. I have never faced a fight quite like the one I have now. Lewis, 79, asked for prayers in his statement and said he has a, quote, Fighting chance. In the 1960s, Lewis was one of the founding members of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, which advocated for civil rights and demonstrations at lunch counters and voter registration drives. The initial Freedom Ride was attacked in Rock, Little, in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and Montgomery, Alabama. Excuse me on that. Um, Arrested, jailed, and beaten for challenging Jim Crow laws, Lewis went on to become a national figure by his early 20s. And the youngest of the big six civil rights leaders, he organized a March on Washington in 1963, where he provided a keynote speech. He was actually the youngest person to speak there, as he actually did it, and they thought they were going to have to censor it uh, uh, a lot. They could cut it pretty short, but um, they thought they were going to cut a lot out of it. This is a person who's literally been given his life. His life's been on the line for uh, much longer than I've been alive for the the bulk of his life uh, from a very, very, very meager start to fight for the rights of pretty pretty much everybody, including people who already have the rights the right for them to just kind of exist alongside with everyone else not lose anything in the process so a lot of thoughts and prayers a lot of hopes and dreams a lot of ideas and a lot of energy being pushed towards John Lewis in these days it is um you know it's, it's it seems like I'm overdoing it but I, I don't think I am this is a person who no matter what side of the aisle you are and where you stand in that fight You have to respect the man for fighting alongside of all these things he's gone through all this time. And if you don't respect him for at least having that much longevity, there is something wrong with your heart. I'll tell you that much. Nothing wrong with you guys out there because you picked a very interesting story to be number one. And I'm a big football fan, so I don't have a problem with this story. But. This is the story you picked on the final week of the NFL regular season, week 17, where all teams finally had the final 16 games in. It wasn't about who was in, who was out, and and what big guy had the big stat to go into the playoffs. It was about one guy who doesn't have much going for him right now, other than a record that nobody really, really wanted. Somehow, he was able to do it. The stats for this story are amazing. Let's go with the stats first. Number one, it is the top Twitter story of the week by Leaps and Bounds. It gets a bumper response from the number two story of 35.78%. There's that. It's a bumper response from the number 10 story, which was about Disney World and Magic Kingdom shutting things down on New Year's Eve of 277%. Reading not so fundamental today, and a bumper response from the almost irrelevant story of the week. That story at the very, very bottom this week, number 193, by the way, if I didn't say that, of 35,780%. There were some glitches in the works to this week, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. So here's the deal here's the story, here's the headline posted on Sunday, December 29th, 2019. Bucks QB Jameis Winston sets single-season NFL record for pick sixes. That is your headline. That is your top story. That is a story that you guys decided was the biggest one of the week. USA Today gave us a lot of source material this week. Let's go to them one more time and see how they told us about the number one story. Jameis Winston made history Sunday. Just not the kind of quarterback wants to be a part of. In the 28-22 season finale loss to the Atlanta Falcons, Winston, the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, broke the single-season record for interceptions returned for a touchdown with seven. The play happened in overtime in what eventually became the final play of Tampa Bay's season, a 27-yard return from Falcons linebacker Deion Jones. With the interception, Winston also becomes the first player in NFL history to throw for 30 or more touchdowns and 30 or more interceptions in the single season. He finished the year with 33 passing touchdowns, 30 interceptions, 5,109 passing yards, marking just the 12th time in NFL history that a player has surpassed 5,000 passing yards. That's good. Not as good as all the pick sixes. The performance was yet another chapter in the up-and-down performance Winston has experienced in his five seasons in the league. He now has thrown 121 touchdowns, but has also tossed 88 interceptions. His 30 picks this season set a career worse, shattering the previous mark of 18 interceptions in 2016. You can read more about his contract and why the Bucks are just really, 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 really bad by going to the website and clicking the link. But uh, I'm already glad that you Click the links in our social media. You click this one enough times that it made this one a very funny and interesting one. The top story of the week. And it ends the week, at least in the top 10 wise, on a more or less upshot as opposed to a downshot. And how did Jameis Winston get to be the most important thing this week? Well, the people out there decided using social media that it was that way. So if you disagree and thought some other stories should have made it in there and want to make sure that more of those stories are at the tops or want to defend Mr. Winston and his silly, silly, silly football play, go to Facebook and Twitter and engage in the stories as they come down. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram, by the way, by looking for This Is The Conversation. Altogether. You can also find us on Twitter at TH underscore conversation. And as the stories come down in your feed, about every 50 minutes or so, a brand new fresh headline, engage with it. When you're checking your feed anyway, just see what we have going on and engage with what's popping up there. Read some stories and like them, love them, hate them, share them. As we say, the higher the engagement they get, the higher the score we get to give to them. As you see, we add the Facebook and the Twitter for a real raw score and we go top to bottom and tops this week. Is the Bucks QB, Jameis Winston, and his very, very bad play of football. In just a bit, we'll go to the very, very bottom. As we say, number 193, we go through the top or the bottom five to tell you what contrast between what's the big and what's the little here on the wrap up show, the weekly wrap up here with Jay Cleveland Payne for the week ending January the 3rd, 2020. The Conversation Project is powered by you. That means you can help things out with us by keeping the literally keeping the lights on, keeping the power going, keep the bill on for the internets, by subscribing as a Patreon patron, subscriber. Go to patreon.com slash thisistheconversation. You can also just buy me one cup of coffee and keep me fueled for a bit by going to buymeacoffee.com slash j cleveland jclevenpain. You can also visit our sponsors. We have sponsors links in our daily newsletter. We have sponsors links on the website. And we will tell you this sponsor link right now because we are more or less extending your chance to get a great gift for the holidays. Now, maybe you didn't get the gift that you wanted from that loved one or hated one or just person who was supposed to give you a gift. You can get your own gift yourself by going to com slash cloud9. That's the word cloud, the numeral nine for Cloud9 Living. And what is that, you say? Cloud9 Living is one of the best places to get the best excursions for yourself, and you can feel great about what you do by going to Cloud9 Living because they make sure they are good with your money, and I mean really good with your money. When you go to Cloud9 Living and you go to sign up for one of their four-and-a-half-star experiences, because that's what they're rated by most of the rating services, you will find they have over 2,000 different excursions from across the nations. Something close to you or something in that place that you really want to go where you can do it. It can be wild, adventurous, and scary. It can be calm and beautiful. But they have the excursion that you're probably looking for and maybe a few you never thought of. And the best thing about it is when you pay for that excursion, You get the full cost of that excursion no matter what. You pay for it now and decide you want to change your mind to something else. You can exchange it for the full cost of what you pay for. You don't lose anything in exchange fees. And once you buy it, once you put your money down, it stays that way forever. You never lose cash value for it. And the even better thing, let's say you don't know exactly what you want to do right now. You can buy a gift certificate and you can use it on any excursion you want to. And the cash value of that certificate never Expires. Just like, you know, your the thing you got, the gift card you got from the store that you really love, that you, you know, you you're gonna shuffle it away and not see it for a couple months and go to the store finally to realize that you've lost, you know, ten dollars off it because they start chipping money off it if you don't use it fast enough. Cloud9 Living doesn't do that for you. And if you go through our link, you can get a gift certificate with an extra special discount. So you save some money on the money that will never lose value. That makes sense to you, and it makes much sense to me. Go to com slash cloud9. Thisisaconversation.com slash cloud9. You can see all the many excursions they have listed at our website. And of course, save you some money by getting a little bit off that gift certificate and that gift certificate, as I say, never losing cash value. They could take good care of you for your vacations. They're taking great care of my family for our vacations. Trust me. You'll love these guys. Visit any of our sponsors. They'll all take good care of you. But this week we're spotlighting this great one that Often gets popped up here. It is Cloud Night Living. If you've been with the conversation long enough, you've known this thing's gone through a couple of different iterations. And in the last couple of months, we've changed up the formula, the menu, the, the way things run down here for the segments. And segment two now is the bottom five. We're looking to maybe jazz it up a little bit because maybe the bottom five aren't the most interesting stories which we know that because that's why you didn't pick them. But for contrast, right now we're going with the bottom five stories, and we're going with some stories with a little bit of explanation of what's going on. So this week we had some glitches in the system, in the in the metering. And for some strange reason, a lot of the stories that were posted sometime between late Sunday and early Monday didn't have the data that was attached to it for the Twitter. So a lot of the stories ended up being much lower in the rankings and middle than they were. Some stories were just outlandishly large, and that's just what it is. So we don't have a false reading. Just sometimes we went through it a couple times. We put the newsletter out on Monday, and we saw the issue. And come this morning, we saw the issue with less of the stories. Some things come back. We've added issues where we'd have complete days missing for days at a time in the actual running but we found it by the time we've done our countdown this week we had a lot of stories that came up blank so a lot of these things at the bottom are maybe false bottoms some things should be more important but they are what they are and the uh, the contrast is essentially they're mostly practically zero for for the for all practical purposes uh, the ratings came down to about zero percent of the actual engagement So take that as you will. We'll quickly go through the actual headlines and and talk a bit deeper into some of them if they get interesting. One of them real interesting. So I think I'll read on that one. But starting off with this one at 189 in top bottom five. Remember, after being swallowed by a hurricane two years ago, a buoy as big as a truck will just spit out of the ocean. The source for this was BGR, and it was posted, we posted, on Thursday, uh, the 2nd of January. So this one, a very fresh, very new one, which is why I didn't get much response. Uh, but it is it is what it is. Let's go ahead and read the story so you can get the full details on what's going on. It's not very long, so it is kind of interesting. It's been an interesting week for Florida residents living near new Smyrna Beach. The typical quiet stretch of coastline has been suddenly become a major tourist attraction after a big red buoy described as the size of a truck recently washed up up there. The marker, which is a navigation tool for boats, disappeared from its post off the coast of South Carolina way back in 2017. Nobody knew where it went, and it was presumed lost at sea. Now, many months later, the ocean decided to spit it out and landed in Florida. The buoy, which appears to be in pretty good shape, especially considering it's been missing for years now, still has its bold red paint and bright number 8 marker for all to see. In fact, it's in such good shape that it may get a new lease on life. Quote, It's been displaced since 2017. This was one from Sector Charleston. We're going to try to get it back up there. That coming from Petty Officer 2nd Class Ryan Dickerson, who spokes for the U- United States Coast Guard sector Jacksonville, saying to the Daytona Beach News Journal. The buoy traveled over 300 miles in its trip from South Carolina to the beach in Florida, and it's getting back to its true home could prove a challenge. AP reports that the Coast Guard is going to work on relocating the buoy at some point this week, though they also have to determined how it broke free in the first place. So there's an interesting story, and that's that's basically why it got there. And it was a late bloomer, so that's why it this one more or less deserves to be at the bottom. The rest of the stories, maybe not so much. Going to story at 190. The headline of this one reads, World's oldest oldest rhino, Fosta, dies in Tanzania at age fifty-seven. This is from the BBC. Very quick on this one. Fosta, an eastern black rhino, first sighted in Nongorogoro, totally butchered that, crater in 1965 when she was three. She roamed the crater freely for more than 55 years, 54 years, but health issues in her old age required her to spend her final two years receiving special care in a sanctuary. Fosta never had calves, something conservatives in Nogorongo suggested may have contributed to her long life. Uh, more details about um, Fausta and her life and the pretty good life she had uh, by checking out the website, thisisconversation.com. The link for all the stories are there. So you can go deeper into the story by going to the link for this week's podcast, January 3rd, 2020, 2020, if you will. This next story pretty much suffered from the unfairness of the Twitter glitch this week. Here's your headline. LeBron James gave the entire Ohio State football team new $350 Beats headphones, and it's not an NCAA violation thanks to a loophole. This one at $191, as we said, this one probably got caught by the Twitter glitch. I'm going to give you the quick details on this one. So LeBron James uh, gave everybody on the Ohio State football team a set of uh, Beats by Dre's, uh, Beats Studio 3 wireless headphones. Uh, and that gift three hundred dollars, three fifty a pair. It's probably a big issue, but there's a loophole that allowed the company to donate the headphones to the school, and so the company, via the donation of LeBron James, was able to give it to Ohio State, and so that way they all got their headphones to go with that one. Uh, so it was um it it wasn't enough of an incentive if you will to have them overcome Clemson in their game the Fiesta Bowl to happened this week because they ended up losing the number 2 Buckeyes uh, lost to Clemson Tigers who now get a chance to defend their title for the NCAA football championship coming up in a few weeks there you go hopefully I was pretty quick on that one moving on to the story at number 192 China launches its largest rocket ever The Long March 5, posted on Sunday, the 29th of December. Uh, This story is essentially as it is. While Russia was getting top billing for coming up with hypersonic weapons, China was doing something similar, launching really, really big rockets. And this one, because of the glitch, I'm assuming, and just kind of where it was, didn't get the love that it probably should have. The Long March 5 Y-3 rocket took off from Wenchang Space Launch Center in South China's Hongnan province, uh, carried a Shenzhen-20 satellite. What they're doing is launching satellites that are going to rival the GPS system that the United States did. Now, if you didn't know that, the United States built GPS essentially for their military way back when in testing, and now it has become a great commercial asset. The United States owning it is kind of a problem for other countries who may want to use it for maybe nefarious reasons. China putting up their own satellites that are going to do their own GPS coordinates is essentially giving them a safe harbor for the time that comes when the United States flips the switch and nobody can get that. Maybe if the World War III really is coming, that may be something sooner than later. Although we'll have to see on that one. And the number 9193, words escaping me. Uh, normally, the Hong Kong protests make a lot of splash on our countdown. Maybe since it's been going on since for, for seven months, uh, it's becoming an old thing. But this one is Hong Kong police arrest protesters at shopping mall. Uh, this was Saturday, the the 28th of December. So this one was a, a an older one if you will that didn't get any love. Uh, but there was all sorts of protests going on including big protests happening on Christmas Day. But for some reason we have covered we have covered a Hong Kong protest in essentially every single week except for maybe a few lately as this has become drowned out with other news. Uh and now this one probably would not have made it into the top 10 but this one made it to the very very bottom unfortunately, due to a Twitter glitch and a reporting glitch. This one's probably got a lot more response than, than it did. Just for some reason, Twitter didn't cooperate this week. But you know who cooperated great this week? All of y'all. And we start the year off with our shout-outs to our Patreon supporters and shout-outs to folks on Facebook and Twitter in just a moment here on the weekly wrap-up with Jay Cliff and Payne for the week ending January the 3rd, twenty twenty. This week's Spotlight Podcast is a podcast called Sober Speak. Sober Speak, Alcoholics Anonymous is its full title name in the description. And it is as it is. A podcast that shares experiences, strength, and hope centered with the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And it, once remind you, is not affiliated with the group anyway, except for the man that runs it, John M., is a person who had to deal with alcohol himself and built the podcast as a way to give other people hope. tell other people's stories, and get people to understand what people are going through in this 12-step program. It's a very interesting, very unique, and very touching podcast, so it's a bit off the beaten path. It's not, you know, newsy stuff like we're normally listening to here or even personal development stuff like I like to talk about here. But this is a podcast that I've been following for a while, and hopefully you'll get something out of it. And if not, maybe you know someone else who may get something great out of it. The great stories are great on their own. And, they're, and they're, even though they are stories of alcoholics and their struggles, they are just stories of struggles and stories of overcoming. And how the 12 steps may apply towards you, even if you're not dealing with something as crippling as an addiction. So think about it there. And listen to the podcast. Uh, it's wherever your pods are cast. And, of course, the places that they highlight at their website, which is SoberSpeak.com, include the all-important Apple Podcasts, also google podcasts they're on stitcher they're on tuned in they're essentially anywhere you need to find a podcast you can find them they are this is a great podcast so check it out give it a few listens and and don't discount the fact that it is a deep heavy subject just listen to the stories and listen to the people and these are people that you know because you know people just like them Thank you, John M., for working out this podcast for us to spotlight. And thank you all you guys who I know will listen to the spotlight podcast for this week, which is SoberSpeak at SoberSpeak.com and wherever your podcasts are found. Yes, there's been some changes over 2019, but What's not going to change for 2020 and beyond is our shout outs. We're going to definitely give the shout outs to people out there doing what they they do, showing us some love. And this is one of the things that we've been wrestling over. We're going to always do the first of the month the shout outs for the folks at Patreon because they paid real money. These are people that are helping me keep this thing going. So I'm glad for all you guys helping keep the lights on and keeping this project going because sometimes it's a labor even if it is a labor of love. Uh, but we're going to keep doing the the Facebook and the Twitter stuff. You know, they get a little wonky sometimes, to be honest, inside baseball, if you will. But first, to the folks that I am so grateful for because you guys have helped me put in the work for this stuff. And this is the Patreon supporters First, going off to the rant and Reason, which is actually Context and Clarity, the folks behind that podcast. Thank you so much for helping out. You guys are great friends, and anytime you need a hand, I'm always there for you. Just reach out for it. Uh, Rebecca Davis, who is now running her podcast, if you want to call it that, but she actually is a former radio uh, worker, uh, coworker of mine who does a radio show that they record that is essentially like this one called Leftover News, and it's that leftover Dot news, and you can check it out for the replays. It has a live streaming thing where you can watch her and her husband, and they are they are adorable together, let me tell you, doing their thing, talking about the news or the week that she doesn't get a chance to really cover when she's covering the deep and gritty stuff in the heart of the city of Little Rock, some of the, the more odder news that pops up that doesn't get a lot of love because most of it is kind of silly. That's why they call it leftover news. And the world's most dangerous canine, Rudy, uh what, who is um able to get his owner's credit card every month and give us a couple bucks. Thank you so much, Rudy, and owner, uh, for helping out this great cause. And I say great, you know, because I'm doing it, but it's I think it's great you helped me get this thing going and doing what's going on, helping keeping conversations alive, literally around the world. Some of the love coming from the Twitter responders over the past seven and a half days or so come from Claire Renault. Also, Cindy Kornakova, Ph.D. Great for you on that one, Cindy. Also love coming from Trevavian D. Bashirs. And from a person called Hido Thank you, Hedo. AARP Gardas, who is always here, who is liking stuff. And I steal a lot of the great stories from stuff in her feed, to be honest. Also, Afif Wahid. Kevin Coran, who I believe is new here and uh, the silver beats who are a brand new big uh, followers. So we're so glad to have them coming up and my mother-in-law, Sharon green. Thank you, Sharon. Appreciate that for the week. And finally, but not finally, that didn't work out so well. The folks that gave us love on Facebook this week include the names that are usual suspects such as Ruthann Miller, Daniel Williams, Words come like list coming from Peter Thiel, Louis Sumley, Barnell Black, uh, Big O Sean is in there as well. Jason Kim is a new one. Thank you so much, Jason, for joining us. Adele Carnes copping in this week and also some words from, as we already said, Rebecca Davis. Thank you so much for joining us on the path to great conversations, whether via Facebook, via Twitter or just via online episodes. And with the shout outs, we are done. This is where we wrap up the show. Not quite as gracefully as we did in the past, I'll be honest. But, you know, everything's a work in progress and things are going to be just fine. Even if you didn't have such a grand 2019. And trust me, a lot of my 2019 could really go kick rocks. 2020 is fresh and brand new. And at least as we record this, only three days old. So if it started off pretty bad, it's nowhere but up from here. And if it started off pretty good, there's a whole lot of up to go. So hopefully you have great plans for your 2020. Uh, email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. We can talk about news stories or. Talk about your resolutions. And maybe I know a guy who can help you keep some of those resolutions with some coaching. Hint, hint. It's some of the other websites I own. So with that for ado, uh, we're going to remind you that you make this thing happen. You literally make this thing happen by going online and following us on our social media platforms and engaging in the stories there. On Facebook and Twitter, look for This is a Conversation. Make sure we are primary in your feed for Facebook. On Twitter, it is, I'm sorry, Facebook and Instagram, get that right. Twitter, it is TH underscore conversation because this conversation is way too long. And as the stories come down in your feed about every 50 minutes or so, like them, love them, hate them, share them, click on them, read them, if you will. The more engagement the story gets, the higher score it gets in the week. And assuming that Twitter doesn't eat a couple days worth of scores, it comes up where it should be within the top 10. This is powered by you. This whole podcast is powered by you. So visit us at patreon.com slash this is conversation. Buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Payne, or visit any one of our sponsors in anything we send to you via the emails or just at the website. And of course, this week we spotlight cloud nine living. It's this is conversation slash cloud nine for a great, great offer on a gift certificate which will give you I believe 10% off your price of gift certificate and the cost of the money. The money never goes away. You you understand that. Just trust me. Just get them. They'll take good care of you at Cloud9 Living. You can also take care of us by sharing the podcast with people who uh, don't know what's going on with us. People who are good for conversations. So find some friends. Find some enemies. Go to random strangers and get them in on the podcast. Make sure you subscribe first and then you take their phones and you subscribe to us with whatever podcast you want because they'll they'll love it because they love you hand it back to them and they will always thank you in response trust me they always thank you in response we want you to check out our podcast we spotlight this week as well which is sober speaks sober speaks is a podcast about Alcoholics Anonymous and if you've ever wondered about what goes on in those things well you're not gonna get the full details on what a meeting looks like but you'll know about some of the struggles and the stories of people who go through that system And, of course, we start off the year, unfortunately, with another reminder that suicide is not painless. Suicide hurts everyone that is left behind, even if you believe it's your only option is, trust me, the worst option you can think of. So if you feel a need of stress, of strife, of depression, we ask you to reach out to someone. Call the suicide National Suicide Prevention and Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. The last four spell out talk. You can also check out the Suicide Prevention Lifeline online at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Uh, call your local area. Call the Veterans Crisis Line. There's a line for you and someone waiting to listen to you. So don't give up we need you we're only three days into 2020 we got a whole nother 363 didn't think i can do that math uh to get through and we need you for all of them this is the part where i say thank you three times say something mumbly and say thank you three more times so thank you thank you thank you This is something I love to do. There's nothing I get more joy out of than literally going through a spreadsheet and seeing what stories you guys love every week. So thank you so much for making this happen, allowing me the chance to do this. This is one of the things that gets me up literally every single morning because I have to write this newsletter at 4 in the morning. So thank you so much for allowing that. So those are cheats. So thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll see you next week as we go through from 10 to 1 the stories that you said, not the program directors, not even Donald Trump, the stories you said were the most conversational on the weekly wrap up with Jay Cleveland Payne. That is I. We'll see you next week.